Get out there and tell somebody about Jesus. How's everybody doing today? Come on, somebody. Nothing's sticking anymore. Well, can't work in my office today. It's flooded. Man, there is just a good vibe happening today. Oh, okay. What do you got? I coming in hot today. <laughs> coming in hot. I was. I came in hot last week. So I know. We're, it's two weeks in a row, back to back. One of us is coming in hot. What do you got? Mine's a little different though. Okay. I, I don't like it when my kids are sick. Oh, I don't. I don't think I've ever met a parent who's been like, you know, I just love it when my kids are throwing up everywhere. But <laughs> I feel bad because I struggle. When it with sympathy towards them, okay. Like, I get angry when the kids are sick. Really? <laughs> yeah. Okay. And and I try really hard not to be hot about <laughs> it. I do. I'm like, this is. I know I'm being weird. Yeah. Like I should not be upset. Like when a kid sneezes. Did you have to sneeze into my food? <laughs> <laughs> If you would have told me that a kid would have sneezed into my bowl of cereal at least five times before they're ten, I would have told you that's 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 never going to happen. <laughs> but it's true. <laughs> it feels like you're talking from uh, from experience. Well, okay, For kids they don't understand how germs spread, right? And so they just when they sneeze or they cough, they don't care. <laughs> It's just going everywhere. Yeah, they're like laying on your couch, on the public pillows, you know, on their head. All of a sudden, yeah. and you're like, now there's now there's boogers all over those pillows. Yes, full of germs. And of course, you're you're cleaning them up. You're throwing them in the washer, and you're 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 being clean, and you're like stuff like that. But you're just like, instead. I feel I feel like most <laughs> humans are like, oh, honey, can I get you a tissue? Are you sick? Can I coin your widow? <laughs> when he knows. And I'm like, not like that at all. I'm like, what? What'd you sneeze on the pillow for? <laughs> I'm like, I'm angry. And Jen knows it too. She's like, why do you get angry? And I'm like, I don't know why I'm angry about this. Something needs to, like, I feel like I, I am immature about it or something. This is, I don't know if this is a, a bad thought at all, but I would love to have, have my wife on this episode <laughs> so that, to get cuz cuz she she's uh has yes. a degree in psychology and she i would help love me. to get her input it's frustrating on this and it's been one week yeah your kids have been sick like yeah in a rotation yes cuz cuz they they just one kid gives it to the next kid and gives it to the next yeah. kid it's like playing and russian roulette over here it's your been house. one week and it and it's been puke yeah it's been puke and oh Oh, I'm so sorry. As many as, as thankful as I am at the amount of times that they puked either in the toilet or a bucket, there was still numerous times that they just puked all over the couch, the floor, mm-hmm. their bed. Yeah. And I, and I remember at one point in time, one of the kids puking, and I got so frustrated because I had already sh- like shampooed the carpet. <laughs> Plenty of times before this, and they sat up in their bed, and they puked, and like towards the end of the 
projectile vomit, they turned their head and it went on their carpet in their room. And I just thought, I thought, and I said out loud, why couldn't you just have puked all in your bed? (laughs) It could have been, it was, it was contained. (laughs) Yeah. Cause I can just, what we typically do is honestly, sometimes if it's just real bad, we just throw stuff away. Right. Why even worry about it? It's like a twin size bed sheet. What does it cost? (laughs) Eight ninety nine, right? I ain't, like, I'm just gonna roll. I, I'm gonna fold the ends up, and I'm gonna like a burrito. Yeah, and it's going in the trash can outside. Right, right. Yeah. I, why couldn't you just puked in your bed? Like that was my <laughs> thought. Not oh, honey, you're sick. I'm so, I'm so sorry. sorry. Let me rub your back. Let's give you a nice warm bath. No, I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> why am I like this? Why am I hot about this? And I feel like we're finally. We're on the other side of it. Yeah. Thank God. Praise the Lord. I know. But I'm coming in hot. Yeah. And I'm a little bit upset with myself that I'm so hot about it. Well, every every day this week, your wife, Jen, comes in and, and helps out here in the office and works with you and, and Minister Rob, our music minister here, a few times a week. Yeah. And every day she was supposed to be in this week, I kept looking for Jen and she wasn't here. I was like, oh, is, is a kid sick again? And, and last week, I knew the end of last week, you had to leave work early a little bit to go pick up a kid from school. Yes, because they were sick. And, they got uh, sick at school. They got sick at school. See, I don't then... care if they get sick at school. They can puke on the carpet at school. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, it's okay. It's okay. Are you okay, honey? You know yeah. what? I'm serious. But, it's, if, but I made that kid ride home in the car holding a Walmart bag. Yeah. Because I'm like, do not puke in my car. Yeah. She held the bag over her head, <laughs> like around her mouth, you know, yeah. the entire time. I wouldn't let her pull it down because I didn't know when she doesn't even know when she's going to puke. I don't right. know when she's going to all of a sudden go, but then you're just like, no, because it's so much work to clean up all that stuff. Yeah. It's, it's so much work. Mm. That's bad. I'm, is, I'm so sorry that your week was just so rough. It's hot. I'm coming hot about that. <laughs> it's coming hot. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good right now, Pastor Luke. You know what? I'm thankful. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna change the subject a little bit. Um, we're having some amazing weather today. Oh, oh! T- today I was driving. I had to go pick up a bunch of building materials for a couple projects here at the church, and so I picked up some some lumber and some paint and giant foam board, and I was just. Taking my time driving through town with the window down. Face honking at you. Speed at 60. You're like 25. I was like, oh, this is. I literally, I looked at my, the thermometer in my car and it said 48 degrees. Really? I have not been out there. I've been stuck in indoors in windowless rooms and I don't know what's happening out there. And I rolled my window down and then on partway on the drive home, the sun came out. Oh. And all of a sudden, the thermometer went up to 50. Oh. And I, I was, I turned my heat off, and I was driving shirt off and, too. Man. <laughs> and I was like, "Let's go!" And and I'm super excited about it because we had rain today, and then warm weather, sunshine, and that's a great combination to melt ice. Yeah, and because I'm I'm getting really excited about fishing season coming up. Did you hear about sturgeon season? Uh uh-uh. uh You know the sturgeon window? Yeah. I forget what lake it is that the sturgeon are on. Do you know what lake that is? In, in Michigan? Yeah. Uh, they usually are in uh, the Great Lakes, and especially in Huron and St. Clair. Okay. And then Erie. It's probably with St. Clair. So apparently, the season to catch sturgeon yeah. lasted for 65 minutes this year. 65 minutes? Yep. What in the world? Uh-huh. 
So who's in charge of the catch limit? Is it the DNR? Yeah, it's the DNR. Okay, so the DNR set the sturgeon catch limit for all of the state of Michigan to six sturgeon. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> and so they went out opening went day. Out, and-, and in 65 minutes, six were caught, and the DNR went up and down <laughs> the river in the lake saying, go home. It's done. And all the fishermen were like, no. <laughs> That's hilarious. Five minutes. <laughs> you, you didn't hear this? No, I oh, didn't hear this. This is great. I, just the other day. Like, it lasted. It was just the other day. I'm really surprised I didn't hear about it, too, because I follow a lot of, uh, like, fishermen and fishing channels and stuff on Instagram. And, yep. Like, uh, people that are all involved with that stuff. So I'm surprised I didn't hear anything about it. But that's hilarious. Isn't that funny? That is funny. I know. Oh my goodness, sixty-five! That would be so annoying if you were one of those guys. Like you're out there the like first day of the season, you're out trying to catch one. The DNR pulls up. All six have already been caught. Go uh, home. Apparently, there were people knew that all six were already caught because the cheers from across the lake were so <laughs> loud in every boat that caught one. Yeah, that everybody already knew. Okay. And it was which made the story even funnier. That that's hilarious. Yeah. It's a great story. It was on the news and the like person telling the news story was really just set, per, said it absolutely perfectly, really sarcastically and and, and it was awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. 65 minutes. <laughs> that's not, so funny. It's not much of a window to catch a fish. Is no, it? that's a that's so short. Uh-huh. That's hilarious. All right. I, Go, what were you gonna say? No, go 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 for it. Let's hop into the topic. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, what was the name of this podcast? I don't trust you. I don't trust you. I don't trust you, Phyllis. <laughs> <laughs> Office reference. Let's go. <laughs> that was awesome. Oh man, but yeah, really, honestly, the name of our uh, topic today is "I don't trust you." I don't trust you. I heard a pastor once say, "I don't trust a pastor without a limp." Yeah. Or I don't know if they use the word pastor. Maybe they said leader. I don't trust a leader without a limp. Well, if it was a pastor that said it, they probably said leader. Yeah. Because, you know, pastors love that double letter thing. The L's and the L. Yeah. Yeah. If you ain't trying to match your letters in your message, are you really even preaching? Right. Exactly. (laughs) Pastor Craig Rochelle always says that you get extra, extra credit when you get to heaven if you... Uh, have your points all start with the same letter when you preach. You get a little extra jewel in the crown. <laughs> a little extra jewel. So proud of you. <laughs> you, got, you got a little ruby on your crown for that that message you preached one time. <laughs> yeah. All the points were repent, reverse, and remind, redo, <laughs> refocus, yeah. reimagine. <laughs> I don't know where we're going. Okay. I don't trust you. I don't trust you. What's up? What do you got? So um, essentially, yeah, I've already kind of said what it is. We can end the podcast here now. (laughs) Okay, see you guys. (laughs) No, um, what I want to do is talk about um, how important it is, I think, for every single leader, um, which means every single person out there, because I believe every single one of us are leaders. Yeah. Um, And so every single one of us out there uh, will go through things in life, uh, a tragedy, a, um, maybe what we can just call a broken situation, a, a tough time, a, a terrible place, yeah. a loss. You know, mm. maybe you got fired. 
Maybe you lost a a, a friend. Uh, maybe you made a huge mistake. Yeah. Uh, maybe you're struggling with uh, with a sin, and you and you have to confess it to somebody, and it just feels like. Oh man, I'm gonna start. I have to start back from square one, building up trust with these people again, or right. trust with 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 my family again. And and you've got this a tear, a break in your life, uh, a limp. Now you got a limp now. And I want to say right now that that a leader with a limp is a better leader. Yeah. And if you don't have a limp, I don't trust you. Mm-hmm. I don't really want to follow somebody who has never had to go through anything right doesn't have a a, a a moment of breaking I just feel like one of the reasons why I really shared that story in the beginning of like me not really being a, the kind of father I would even imagine myself being because being a father is really difficult yeah and you don't always respond the way you think you should maybe you even pastor Aaron have even noticed this even getting married like you had mm. thoughts of what a husband was going to feel like right and be like. And maybe it's different than what you had imagined it was going to be. Yeah. And you think to yourself, I don't know if I'm the kind of husband I thought I was going to be. Right. And and you kind of get down on yourself about that. And you beat yourself up a little bit. Yeah. And you're kind of limping around now as a <laughs> husband because you're like, I don't know if I'm really the husband. I, I'm not as caring as I thought I would be or as compassionate as I thought I would be. And I'm kind of like that as a father. I'm not really as compassionate as I thought I would be. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I've never really been a very compassionate person. Yeah. And... Like uh, even like on, I think about many times with like my sister getting hurt or like, you know, just rub some dirt in it. Let's go, <laughs> you know, like yeah. or like on a sports team and my teammates get hurt. You know, just uh, well then get off the court. Let somebody <laughs> else in. Let's go. Like, yeah. <laughs> what are we waiting around so much for? Um, <laughs> and I'm kind of like that with my children. And I thought I wouldn't be like that, but I am. And so uh, it's a little bit of point of like frustration with myself and. I'm trying to get better, and and sometimes in order to get compassionate, I hate to say this, but sometimes terrible things take place in your life, and all of a sudden now you're more compassionate mm-hmm. and gentle and, yeah. car- and caring than you were before. Yeah, you're more patient with people. Um, and and so to say, I don't trust you. I don't trust people who have no problems. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Can you relate to that at all? Yeah, absolutely. I think there's a point, even if, if let's just talk about, I'm going to shift a, a little bit. Let's talk about like, like a friend for a second. Mm-hmm. And because you said everyone is a leader, I love some, a leader said the leader is influence and we, we have influence in our friends' lives. Do you know the statistic of like how many people you influence in your life even the average person, it's like twenty five thousand. Yeah, people. I was gonna say it's it's high thousands. Yeah, I know it's insane. Even the, the most awesome. recluse person will influence thousands, which is amazing. It's crazy, and it's hard to have a gr- a close friendship with somebody who never shares any of their flaws. It's so true. Who never shows you that they're imperfect? I think about when I was dating my wife and. Obviously, we love having just a great time, having so much fun going out to eat or going to uh, like walks in the park or going out to shows or to movies. Like those are all awesome memories. But so many of the really bonding moments that we have when we were dating was when you begin to share 
those hurtful moments or things that have hurt you in the past to kind of unpack some of the skeletons in your closet or some of the, some of the fears that you have for the future. Like, yeah. And when you get comfortable enough to share that with somebody, it creates a a stronger bond. And, And I think when you're talking about a leader or somebody who's, who's having influence on you, it's so hard to see somebody and really want to follow them and trust them if they only tell you all of the good things that happen in their life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You kind of start to get like, I don't know if the word, it, I don't know if I want to say jealous, because if if everything is always like you've got a friend, and I'm trying to even imagine a situation, which I don't know if I've ever been in a situation like this, where like I did have a friend who was like, everything is awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, all the time. Yeah. I don't know if I, but I feel like if I did have a friend like that, I would just not want to hang out with them after a while. Yeah. It's just like, when are, when the the times when I have to be vulnerable with my wife Mm -hmm. and she still loves me, that's when I feel love the most. Right. Um, and I think it's the same for her when she's vulnerable with me. And and I love her anyway. Yeah. Uh, and she doesn't think she could ever be loved because of this situation. Right. I don't, you know, that's why you're scared to share it. Yeah. But then you love them anyway. That's true love. Yeah. And, I, and, and most people hide all that thinking if people really know who I really am mm-hmm. and how broken and ripped and torn I am, yeah. nobody will want to be my friend. Nobody yeah. will love me. Exactly. But- the problem with that is, is that nobody will actually truly love you until they really know who you are. Absolutely. Yeah, I was thinking about pastors, and obviously me, me and you get the privilege to, to preach a lot. And it's so interesting that people will be, I heard this, that people will be inspired by your, your success, but they'll relate to you through your brokenness. And so especially as pastors, we're communicating, uh, you know, from the stage with the microphone, it's so important to, I think, to show people that we, you know, I'm not perfect. Mm -hmm. I've messed up. And um, one one of our great friends, uh, Jason, Jason Allman, he just started um, as an intern. He's he's awesome, awesome guy. I think he, he does an amazing job of being vulnerable with people. Mm-hmm. Um, I get to lead a connect group with him. He just got to preach uh, last night on, on Wednesday at our, at our youth ministry. And he does an awesome job of just immediately making you feel like you can trust him because he's up to saying, like, listen, I've messed up in this area and, and I'm not perfect in this, but God's grace has covered all of this. And even though this has happened in my life, look where God, God's grace has got me this far. And it instantly like builds this trust as somebody listening to him. You're like, oh yeah, I can relate to that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of what we're talking about is it's hard to trust somebody who doesn't have a limp, who tries to put on this because it feels because it feels like they're being fake because you know that nobody's perfect. It is. It is. You get a sense that like, could, I want you to be real with me. Yeah. But they like won't. It, it's difficult. It really is. And um, you've, you've heard of the famous painter Picasso, right? Obviously, he has tons of famous paintings, and you know they're all kind of French names, and so <laughs> nobody really knows the names of these paintings. But there's one painting in particular that is extremely valuable, and it's a painting of a woman 
and it was said to have been his his girlfriend. Okay. And you know, it's Picasso and it doesn't look like a beautiful <laughs> girl. It just looks like a weird geometric, you know, uh-huh. shape, colorful. And but this painting is extremely valuable. Okay. And um a like real estate mogul from Las Vegas who built like the Bellagio and um wow. okay. the Wynn Hotel. Yeah. <clears throat> His last name is Wynn. So that hotel is named after him. What else did he uh, I got the story in front of me here. He also built another um, hotel. Let's see here. I can't find it right now. As I scan letters on a page very quickly. Oh, he also built the Mirage. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So he he's got money galore. Yeah. And he he bought this painting for like sixty million dollars. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And he he had tons. He's got tons of paintings, and they're actually his hotels are kind of known for having famous paintings in them. They're yeah. very expensive and they're kind of behind like yeah. bulletproof gla- glass and right. you can't steal them. And and he's he's displays his art throughout his hotels. And this uh, one particular painting, he had a friend who really liked it and his friend was wealthy. Yeah. And his friend really wanted to buy this particular painting off of him. And so he decided he would sell it to him. And I think that he, they agreed on a sale price of $139 million. Oh my goodness. And to celebrate the sale, he had a bunch of like famous people come over and, and he wined and dined them in the evening. Yeah. And just was the next day was gonna sell it. Yeah. And so he was talking about how excited he was and and um there the, his friends were like, Let's see the picture, let's see it. And he's like, I got it in my office. Come yeah. on up. So they went up to his office and it, it wasn't behind the glass, it was just sitting like it was on his wall. Yeah. But it was kind of there. He was ready to sell it the next day. So it wasn't behind glass or anything like that. Okay. And um, he was getting real demonstrative with his actions. And he accidentally, with his right elbow, hits the painting and tears a hole in it. It's a true story. No. Rips a two-inch hole in the painting. In a $139 million painting? Yeah. And you could, of course, understand like the room just went gasps and then goes like yeah. silent. Yeah. Yeah. And he under he realizes what he did. He just ruined yeah. everything. Yeah. Calls his friend up totally like embarrassed, ashamed. And his friend's like, I don't want to buy it anymore. Yeah. So the sale's off. No. Yeah. So he decides I gotta do something about this. Finds this this apparently there is um, a job out there out there with somebody called an art surgeon. An art surgeon? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Now this is a world that we know nothing about. Yeah. Right. We've never ever ever are gonna need an art surgeon. No. Nope. Thank, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. <clears throat> he calls this guy up. The guy agrees. He'll fix the picture. Okay. He does. He fixes it. Does everything right. Right? Yeah. Six years later, Wynn calls up his friend again and says, You should relook at this picture. I think you'll still want to buy it. Okay. It looks amazing. So his friend comes, brings the friend brings his art expert. The art expert checks out the painting and says, This is a perfect picture. It's worth a hundred and fifty. 
Did I say $159 million prior? You said 139. Now it's worth $155 million. Oh my goodness. This art surgeon did such a perfect job at putting together the hairs of of the little whatever the the parchment paper it was painted on. Yeah, or like like the canvas. The canvas thing. It was perfect white canvas. He he reattached every little piece of ha- hair of, of the canvas, both horizontally and vertically, perfectly. Six years later, this picture is now worth more than the record-setting $139 million prior. It was now worth $155 million, and his friend bought it for $155 million. What in the world? That's a wild story. And that's, tell that story because sometimes we think the tears and the rips and the breaks in our life make us less valuable. Come on. But it doesn't. It makes us more valuable. To have a leader talk about a tragedy, a mistake, mm-hmm. a brokenness, a tear in their life to find healing, true healing, to take your time with that healing, yeah, to go through the process of being healed, whether it's having to have one-on-one conversations with many people you've hurt, confronting your people again, saying, I have made a big mistake, but I'm going to fix it. Yeah. To build trust again, to come back, to to reestablish yourself. I believe that you are now more valuable to the body of Christ, mm-hmm. to whatever business you're running, than you were before. That's good. You're not counted out. You're not you're not discarded. I think you're better than when you were before. You've learned more. Yeah, I I totally agree. And I was thinking about about a biblical example of this, and I couldn't think of a more perfect example of Jacob in the Old Testament. Yep. Who, yes, his whole life... A deceiver. He was a deceiver. That was his name. And he, I mean, he deceived his brother Esau, left and right. Deceived his father. Deceived his father, ran away, met his uncle... Deceived the heck out of his uncle. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know and, what? He also reaped a little bit of what he <laughs> sowed because his uncle then deceived him. Yeah, it, it <laughs> went both ways with him and his uncle. And then there's a point in his life. He's he's a little bit older now, and the Bible says that an, the angel of the Lord came down and wrestled with Jacob. Mm-hmm. And that as morning came, the angel reached out and touched his hip and popped his hip out of socket. Ouch. And and then so you will no longer be Jacob, but I'll call you Israel. Mm. And it says from that moment on, Jacob or Israel walked with a limp. Mm. He never was exactly the same again. But from that moment on, we also don't see him being deceptive again. And I think that sometimes I love what you're saying, and I love this topic, Pastor Luke, because I think it's so crucial for us to be vulnerable with people, obviously vulnerable with the right people, but to understand that our brokenness, our scars, our hurt does not make us less valuable, but makes us more relatable and increases our value in the kingdom of God. And right along with your story of Jacob, he was renamed to Israel. Yeah. And and you think about why he was renamed. Essentially, you know, he was renamed because he needed a fresh start. 
Mm. Yeah. That, that name Jacob <laughs> had taken him far, only so far. Yeah. It literally means deceiver. Yeah. And and his name it had taken him so far and it had got him in so much trouble and it had there's a lot of regret in there, some success, but mostly just kind of regret. And God says, that's it. Let's have a, we're going to restart this thing. Yeah. Israel, you got a limp now, you're Israel now. But did you know that in the Old Testament, when they refer to God in the Old Testament, they call him the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Come on, somebody. Yeah. They they do you understand the importance of that? Well, it's it's crazy because you'd think yeah. that God would want to be known as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel. Yes. The new name, the one with the limp, the one who wasn't a deceiver. The, the one who didn't make the mistakes. Right. No. He's but, the God of the one who makes mistakes. Praise the Lord. Isn't that awesome? That is awesome. We 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 forget that God really does love us. Yeah. And and we can't we cannot the more we try to hide our mistakes, yeah. the less God is impressed. <laughs> <laughs> He's like you're it, it, it's like you, I, the light is shining on you constantly. You, I can see you. <laughs> yeah. Darkness means nothing to me. Right. Right? A closed door doesn't mean anything. Yeah. <laughs> um so I see it all. It's best just to come out with it. Yeah. And at least Jacob had the guts to come out with it, yeah. constantly come out with it, yeah. right? And But he's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Come on. And That's he wants good. to be your God, too. Mm. And so that's that's it. That's it. That's it. That's how, and that's how the cookie crumbles. <laughs> that's the way the cookie that's crumbles. That's the way. That, that's how, that's the way. The cookie crumbles. What? Bruce Almighty? Bruce Almighty. <laughs> what? Why? Why did I just quote Bruce Almighty? Bruce I, Almighty. I have no idea. That's that's a quote out of left field. I don't know. Excuse me. I don't know why it even came to my head. Like, <laughs> that's strange. I haven't even thought about Bruce Almighty in years. And all of a sudden, that's the way the cookie crumbles. I don't know. It's just in there. It's in there. It's scary. <laughs> it is scary what's in there. Any last thoughts? Are we good? I was. I just want to add this really quick. Uh, Jason preached a great message last night about the grace of God. And I was thinking, and he, he made this, this is kind of the main point of his message. He was preaching about Rahab, the prostitute. And the main point of his message was that, was that God's grace is bigger than your mistakes. And I think that's a great line to sum up what we're talking about is that God's grace, especially if you feel like you've made mistakes, because sometimes hurts happen to you and, and you feel broken and it was not your fault at all. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you do make mistakes. Yeah. And and I love that we serve a God whose grace covers our mistakes. Oh, me too. I totally agree. Oh, it's been great to be with you today. Podience. Love it. We'll catch you on the next one. Catch you next time. Bye. Get out there and tell somebody about Jesus. How's everybody doing today? Come on, somebody. Nothing's sticking anymore. Well, can't work them off today. It's flooded. Man, there is just a good vibe happening. 
said that. 